Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. I'm so happy to have you here. And yeah, excited for another episode. It's going to be another solo episode with me, and there's going to be a lot of great guests to come. Um, Yeah, just been in a little bit of a transition period the past month, past couple months, but excited to, yeah, get some great guests on soon to be a little bit more grounded. I absolutely love doing guest interviews. I love the solo podcast, but really doing interviews are the most amazing and most exciting things for me. So if there's anyone you'd be interested in me having on the podcast too, um, please send me a DM or an email. Like I'd love any suggestions on anyone. I have a running list of people. So yeah, stay tuned for more guest episodes. For today's episode, yeah, I had um, something that I was really excited to bring out and it'll definitely be coming out soon, but (laughs) just had a really interesting experience the past week, and life kind of rerouted me to a different episode topic. So if you clicked on this episode, it'll say, you know, inner child healing, healing ancestral wounding, and kind of tracing those different things back, and yeah, I'm talking about those things because I had a really interesting time (laughs) visiting extended family and was able to see a lot of interesting things. So yeah, I'm not going to really say any announcements. A lot is ebbing and flowing in my life, a lot that I plan to offer and a lot of different things. But yeah, right now I'm just balancing a lot of different things right now um, and we'll give any updates when I can. And I feel ready. We're still in the eclipse portal. Um, The eclipse will be tomorrow when I release this episode. Um, (laughs) Whenever you listen to this. But yeah, it's been an interesting time, an interesting year. Lots of transition. So yeah, Um, I think... The first thing I kind of want to start out with, with inner inner child healing, is kind of just talking about it. And I feel like this word, this phrase just gets thrown around a ton. And I, yeah, I feel like I don't really think of the word or I don't really like actively think about inner child healing until I'm back with my family. Like when I'm not with my family, I'm not really connecting to my inner child as much but when I'm with my family it's just so many um so many memories of those experiences um as a child and a lot of those memories surface and a lot of triggering and like a lot of like wounding comes out and then the awareness of when that wounding kind of started so Since I've been back with my family, there's definitely been a little bit of um, recognizing my wounds, different things being triggered that I can trace back to different ages and all of those things. And I think spending time with with my extended family, there was definitely 
a lot, (laughs) a lot of that and just really being able to see a lot of things clearer and then see a lot of kind of patterns, different patterns in my family and how they affect me. And I think, I think it can be really hard to be kind of the black sheep of the family or be the one that's really devoted to um, devoted to truth and speaking the truth and authenticity and awareness of your own self and your own thoughts and the awareness of other people. And if you're a sensitive person, sensitive to other people's energies and can kind of see the d- dynamics play out between other people, that it can be hard to be that person in your family um, because you do feel so different and you also are very aware of all the different dynamics that are that are playing out in your family um and for some of your family members probably unconsciously and it's it's interesting for me because some other people in my family have definitely been to therapy and everything but more more in a mindset of fixing certain problems at the time And that's amazing. Like I support anyone going to therapy for anything. But I think I've just, I'm kind of on this constant journey of like self-discovery and personal growth and like awareness and how much more can I know about myself and how much more attuned and authentic can I be. And when you're just around people that that's not at all in their mind or at all part of their language and they're kind of just content with the way they do things and yeah I think it can be really interesting and really triggering and over this trip something one thing I really realized were um, some kind of inner woundings getting triggered in myself around around body image which I would say my immediate family, my, my mom was always super positive about my body and my, my dad, I kind of struggled more with that, but he's been so, um, great and understanding in like recent years about that in the past like year or so. He's been really great about that or even almost two years. He's been really great about that, but I was just so, um, so obvious to kind of see all of that playing out in my family and just like how deep that runs and like how I would even say how kind of enmeshed parts of my family are and how much time they spend with each other and the fact that it's like they only get but so much time out of this family unit and toxicity and some of them realize that these narratives are unhelpful but still to an extent they're very much enmeshed in that reality of you need to be under 130 pounds to be skinny and you have and I'm going to comment on how much you're eating if you eat more than this like certain amount at dinner and I'm going to shame you for that and if you've gained weight, I'm always going to comment on it and ask what you're doing to (laughs) 
fix your body and it's like so many of these things and I feel like I'm in a really really good place with my body and it really only it took one comment from a family member to send me back into this bad place and just feeling really triggered by that comment um because I think I think you change so much and you heal so much and you kind of expect sometimes like your energy to radiate out into other people and then for for them to realize that and almost not say their bullshit and it's like you forget that you've changed so much but these other people maybe haven't really changed that much in the past like six years the past 10 years however long it's been um, since you've been around them a lot so yeah I just got some comment about oh like she used to be really skinny at this time and like and, and then it's like explained that oh I didn't mean it like that and all of those things but then it just becomes more triggering because I think back to I think back to high school Madeline and middle school Madeline and I think back to how I always felt too big when I was around this side of the family how I always felt like I wasn't small enough, I wasn't pretty enough, and just really triggering a lot of old, like, perfectionist wounds and just the feelings around them that I had to be this certain way to be worthy of love. And I think it's so interesting when you go to extended family dynamics because it allows you to see It allows you, I'm sorry guys, I'm recording this at night, so I'm a little bit tired, but it allows you to see how these dynamics have played out and even affected your own parents. So it it even allows you to see how the, the triggers and the wounding that your parents have given you about certain things, how it was passed down to them as well. And I think it brought me to such a place of compassion for my parents and specifically, that word's hard for me to say, my dad, because I was able to see that, yes, he put some of that perfectionistic, some of that body dysmorphia, the body shaming that you have to be as small as possible mindset and stuff he put some of that on to me and I I could see where it came from and I also could see that he actually did try his best to make it less bad or less intense than it had been in his family and I really it just really gave me this perspective with my parents of I I'm cognizant of their flaws I'm cognizant of different things in parenting and how that affected me but it just really allowed me to see that my parents really did try the best that they could with the tools that they had and try to make some of those things better when they grew up in environments when this language and the stuff specifically the example I'm using around the body from my my dad's side of the family was really really intense and just in general the perfectionistic narrative there of you have to have this certain amount of money and like you have to be this skinny and you have to look like this and you can't speak like all of these like things that they were putting on everyone and that you had to act and be this certain way to be worthy of love like very strong conditional love 
and just no space to be different from that thing. And yeah, it was so interesting and then really interesting to, I guess, as the week as the week went on to see more of these triggers triggers build and I, I think it all connects back to different woundings where I I felt like I had to like do everything on my own and be perfect to be safe and just do it all on my own and be my own parent and be my own person and like just with my other side of the family being vulnerable and asking for help in different things and just kind of with trauma, it's like you repeat things expecting for it to be different. And I think some part of me was expecting it to be different and it just wasn't at all different. And like, I just connected so much to the inner child that was like, I need to go to the best college I can go to because UNC Chapel Hill, that's what was told to me was the best school. And like, I need to be like thin enough and I need to be pretty enough and my body needs to be perfect and I need to be perfect and anything in my appearance is not perfect. I'm going to be upset, which I've been dealing with that this week and like those old things kind of coming up too. But like I have to have all this shit together to be perfect. And I realized in the past year when I got this job at this um, institution that has like a good name even though I wasn't fully attaching my worth to it, that was a part of it. And I, in some way, I think there was good intention of reaching my fullest potential, but in some way, I was still doing old patterns of doing the most and doing the most perfect thing and doing the thing to, like, make people proud and it it was like for me i it just makes me go back to high school madeline who went through so much and just really this like intense i feel like call for help that i was just like screaming for help a lot of the time that i just really wanted i really wanted someone to help me i really I wanted to feel like I wasn't doing it on my own. I wanted someone to notice me and to be proud of me and to love me. And my parents did that to an extent, but I never felt... I think I was just... I didn't know what the words were for it, but I was yearning for this unconditional love, which my parents tried to give me. But I felt like I had to be this certain way. To be, to be loved from narratives from extended family and, you know, some narratives that played out in my, in my immediate family as well. And it's just, it was just so interesting to kind of, I think connecting, for me, <laughs> what am I trying to say? For me, connecting to inner child stuff is really interesting. And I know everyone has really different childhoods and I had something intense happen when I was seven but otherwise up until I was like 14 um I feel like my my childhood was was really I have a lot of really good memories from it I got to grow up on the beach and my dad was almost like a stay-at-home dad and we went to the beach all the time we watched Harry Potter he put on these crazy kid parties for me we watched 
house together. We played like medical science-y games and surfed and did all this fun stuff together. And I have really great memories. I had a hard time when I was seven with a particular thing that I'm not going to talk about at this moment. Um, but then in, in high school, I really, really struggled with a lot of things as I was coming into, as I was coming into like who I was as a person and me more as some sort of adult in my eyes. And I, I grew up really fast. I started working when I was 13 or 14. I looked older fast. I did all these things fast. I lost my virginity early. I started going out and doing things like I was way older than I was. And I was, when I was forming into who I was going to be in as, as an adult, I feel like there were so many narratives at play of trying to be perfect and this call for help and this call for attention or to be recognized that I just wasn't fully getting. So I think a lot of my inner child healing actually goes back to my high school self because a lot of really, really tough things happened from like 14 to 17 for me. And yeah, it was just very interesting to be with family and to see see these things play out. And we know that in families, just by environment, by the words we say, that becomes the programming. If we don't actively choose to change it, that becomes the programming of the next generation. And then we know that that trauma and like on the gene level, these things are passed down to the next generations. And it's not just like the trauma of my grandma is also passed down to me and all of these different things are at play in this process. And yeah, it's it's really crazy to be an observer, to be someone that really pauses before they react, to be very self-aware of exactly what I'm feeling when I'm triggered, exactly what is going on in my emotional experience and to be around people that maybe aren't as aware or I can see them speaking about something and I'm like, oh, they're speaking from this society, societal belief or they're speaking from this fear or well, like, and it's just so interesting to hear these things play out and I think really interesting to spend more time with your grandparents or great grandparents or who great uncles or you know any of those things to kind of get a deeper perspective on what were if you were to pause right now and ask yourself like what were the stories and what were the beliefs that were passed down not just from my parents but the beliefs that were passed down from my grandparents and their great-grandparents and how does that still affect my life How did that affect the things that I thought I needed to be when I was becoming more of an adult woman or more of an adult man? And how did that shape me? And how have I done work to let go of that? But how is that still a part of that young child inside of me that thought she needed to be all these things? And I just so intensely remember 
in high school, and, and I've said this to a couple people lately, in high school, I was so not fat at all. I was probably, I was probably like 20 pounds less than I am now, and I am still a very small person if you don't have a distorted view of small or what and what people in the society are really like. And I felt fat all the time. I felt like because I didn't have stick legs and all of these things that had been communicated to me in my in my family that I was too big and I just was determined to change that and thought I would feel better and more powerful and more lovable if I was able to have that body. And I think so many women deal with this just from societal programming, but also just their own programming in our family. And I was able to see so strongly those that programming of within my own family of to be thinner and to be perfect and also just such a closed-hearted narrative and it just gave me such an insight into my dad too of emotions are weak and you need to be a certain way and never stop moving and go 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 all the time and you need your house to be perfect and the lawn to be perfect and like all of these things have to be put together and in a line and you have to get up at 7 a.m. and run eight miles and all these things and it's like great if that's what makes you feel good that's what you actually like that's amazing but the feeling like you have to be doing all the time I mean it's such a thing in our culture too but I, I think I just really deeply realized how much of a thing it was it is in my family of just such a focus on the masculine energy none on the the feminine like a lot in my my dad's side of the family there's not a lot of there's not a lot of art or music or dancing or or singing or anything like that it, it's a lot of be active so you're not big and make money and do this thing and blah 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 blah, blah and just like do all this stuff there's not a lot of space for let's sit down and reflect let's take a nap, let's dance, let's do all of these things. It's a very rigid, uptight, intense energy. And I think, yeah, it just gave me such an insight, again, such an insight into my own family. And I'm grateful to be raised by, (laughs) I'm raised by two parents that were the black sheeps of their family. And I even feel like a black sheep from my parents. So when I go to family functions, I feel like the blackest of black sheeps. And I always felt like that even growing up before I'd done work on myself emotionally. And me and another cousin felt that way. But now with doing this work on myself emotionally and having this, this inner knowledge of myself too and wanting to be in my feminine and wanting to be compassionate and emotional and wanting my body to not want to be as small as possible, loving my curves, loving my softness, not feeling like cellulite had to be changed immediately, feeling like I can get up at the time I feel like I don't have to go run and work out in the morning. Like I can just be alive and 
yeah, it's just such an interesting and intense feeling. And it just gave me so much insight into my dad and how like what every child wants is to just be unconditionally loved by their parents and to just be loved and accepted and I honestly don't think negative reinforcement works very well in that department and at least for my personality and my dad's personality and I I so clearly see that my dad wanted to do things differently and wanted to be a different person than the box his parents tried to put him in and when he didn't conform to the box their love was withheld to a certain extent and once that love was withheld long enough he just was like fuck it I'll burn the box and do what I want and I I totally get that and I totally understand that of if you're not going to love me for who I really am, then I'm burning your stupid box. And I very much carry that energy in myself. And yeah, it was just such a, it was such an, I mean, the triggers weren't exactly beautiful to feel, but it was such a beautiful process and such a deep understanding that I gained from my dad. And Yeah, it's just just so much love and compassion for him, even though, you know, he's like many father. He hasn't been the perfect father. There have been things that he's done that really bother me, way he ways he reacts that really bother me, things I think he could work on more, all of these things. But I see what he was working with, the tools he was working with, the thoughts and the narratives he had to grow up with and change or accept or work with and I see someone that put a substantial amount of growth to doing better even if it wasn't perfect even if there were things that could have been more compassionate or more open-hearted that he took from a family that was that was no heart and not creative and closed really kind of closed-minded and very masculine and he tried to be different and I just really honor that in him and didn't really expect that to be how this whole trip would go but it was and families are complicated healing your inner child is complicated and I would definitely just ask when you think about yourself and your extended family and you think about those core wounds that were the things that your your parents and then your extended family passed on to you like what was the environment of your mom's and your dad's family or whatever the dynamic of your home was what was that environment like what were the narratives of of fear or control or emotions are bad or you have to be this certain way what were those narratives that were passed down and what does your inner child need now and how proud would your inner child your inner teenager be of you now for obliterating those narratives or just the work you're doing to try to the work you're doing to say I am worthy of love exactly as I am my worth is tied in nothing but me inherently just being a human being and I don't need to believe in all these fake and false stories that I believed my whole life that were passed down in my family 
from generation to generation, I get to choose my own stories and I get to choose my own life and I can have compassion and empathy and care for these people and say, no, this this stops with me. These stories of fear and trauma stop with me. And I think that's super powerful. And I just also want to say I have so much compassion for the person that is that black sheep type of figure because it is really hard. It is really hard to feel so different and to feel pretty triggered around family when you've worked hard to rewrite those narratives that used to control you. And I think one other last thing I want to say is that I think I almost got extra mad by hearing these narratives again because it wasn't that I was like actively being triggered to feel that way in the moment, but there was like a lot of anger that actually came up because hearing those narratives made me connect to my inner child or my inner teenager and remember all these toxic fucking beliefs that I held on to for so long. It made me connect to all these fears I had of acting a certain way and being a certain way and looking a certain way. And it made me fucking pissed because I had the awareness now of these used to control my life. These were what made all of these issues and problems now. And I've worked on healing these things and these things are just being repeated and repeated by family members who are not working on rewriting the narrative and I don't want to judge them or place any blame on them but I just want to say that it yeah it can be hard to do that once you've started to do your own healing and self-discovery but yeah sometimes when I record these podcasts I feel like I just black out for 30 minutes and I'm like okay that was a good one Um, but yeah, I really like this episode. I haven't talked about inner child healing or ancestral wounding and how things get passed down. I really hope those examples and everything just makes you think about things more. And I know this is a really hot, juicy topic in personal development. Spirituality right now is inner child stuff. So I hope you love it and I love you guys and thank you so much. And like I said, a lot of fun and interesting things to come when I'm not balancing a million and one things at a time but i love you guys as always thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for next week for hopefully some amazing guest episodes all right love you